This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hello again, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. We are coming in hot yet again because we have (laughs) spent the last hour actually planning one of our biggest shoots of the year. I can't believe it's coming together. We have been working on this for two and a half years, something like that. The idea is about two and a half years old. You're right. We keep going. Should we do it this summer? Should we we, we do it next summer? Well, the idea has been bubbling and formulating since we started the show, but the Mm -hmm. actual execution and how we're going to pull this idea off was two years ago, and now I can't believe it's actually finally happening. So we're busy doing that, but we're still podcasting. Thrilled you're with us. Really appreciate it. Please share the show with any car enthusiast. For sure. And also please rate and review us on whatever platform you're finding this on. I say we jump right into the topic Tuesday here from Alex. Alex C. writes to us from Des Moines, Iowa. He's got a question that he is struggling to answer. (laughs) No guarantees here. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's a topic Tuesday. Recently, a friend of Alex's started waxing lyrically about Tesla and electric cars in general. Okay. Knowing that Alex is a car enthusiast and a motorsports fan, this friend talked about the speed of electric cars, mentioning that even base electric cars feel faster than most sports cars. That's because they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quote, this friend told Alex, you're a car guy. You love speed. Speed is fun. Why don't you love EVs? Mm, Interesting. Now, Alex is an electrician. Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't know that, Alex. Okay. All right. So this gets more complicated. His friend could have said, you're a car guy. You love speed. Your entire life is moving electricity around. Yes. Why don't you love electric cars? You don't love EVs. Yes. On paper, Alex writes, the mass says he should have a Tesla tattoo prominently placed somewhere on his body. No, please don't. I yeah, don't please know. don't. Don't want to know. Don't want to see it. Don't yeah. want to know. Mm-hmm. When posed with this question, Alex tried to explain how the weight or lack thereof and sound along with power, bring personality to the cars Mm. that he fawns over. But this answer did not make sense to his friend, especially when he tried, when Alex tried to explain cornering balance on the arrow straight roads of Iowa. The question is, how does Alex explain, even though the stats disagree, Alex believes gas-powered vehicles are still more fun than their faster electric counterparts? Wow. Now, now, Alex, this is an awesome question. Of course, being in Topic Tuesday style, as Paul already mentioned, we will... We will attempt this and we will not solve it. However, the thing you've told me- It's important to address this. I I like that you wrote this and I like that you're struggling with this. The thing you've told me here about your friend, which I I would love to know more details, but here's my suspicion because I've had this conversation with Tesla owners as well. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not taking a slap at Tesla in what I'm about to say. I have other things. Yes, we'll take. Sometimes I'm perfectly happy to take a slap. This is not one of those. This is not one of those times. (laughs) I have spoken to Tesla owners who have never liked a car very much before they had their Tesla, Mm -hmm. and the Tesla impresses them so much. I've had people say, "Well, aren't they a car person now?" Maybe, but I would say they're just an electric car or they're a Tesla fan. They don't like cars in in mass. Mm -hmm. They like their Tesla. They've never had that experience before, and it is. I think most people that are completely 100% about electric cars have never had a car that was great before the ease of use and instant power on electric. 
And most of us, I forget who I heard first coined this reality, but most of us as humans, the things that make a lot of money in the world that everybody adapts are the things that allow us as humans to do it with less effort. We'd like to fundamentally be lazy. So what's the thing that allows me to do less and to have more comfort? This is the pursuit of man since yes. the dawn of time. Yes. This is the entire focus of all of our activities. I have Work raw less. I have raw meat. <laughs> I invented fire. The meat is actually better now. What are the things in life that have made life easier, simpler, whatever, more luxurious? And those are the things that always make money. Nobody's making money off of inventing a new thing that you have to work harder to do. With the possible exception of treadmills, you don't have to go outside to run. Why, why you can would you just go stand, anywhere? You can stand inside and run, which is insane. So my point here is <laughs> the average person winds up in an electric car that doesn't ask anything of them at all. Might even try to drive for them. Has blinding amounts of capability because the average person's use on a car, frankly, I'll put it another way. The average person's most frightening moment is when they have to pass someone, especially on a two-lane road. A person that's not a car person is generally terrified of that moment. Some of us that are car people are like, can I make that? I'm not really sure. Okay. But that is a terrifying moment for most people. You're an electric car now. You never have to think about that again. It's instantaneous. Yeah, true. So the things that most people don't like about driving are removed by electric cars. If you're not already a car person, I think that is the reason so many people wind up as 100% about electric cars. Because I don't think they liked cars before that very much. Also, how many people do you know that their favorite part of the roller coaster was takeoff? <laughs> think about it. The ones that are magnet launch, you know what I'm talking about? The ones that yeah. are sitting still and yeah. are instantly going 60. Right. And the those, operator tries to make you leave your shoes on the on the platform. The, those right. have huge lines at every every point. Right. It's the same. It's that, it's that giggle <laughs> factor that you can't actually control. Right. The instant acceleration, that's fun to a lot of people. This is not necessarily what we as car people like. And I want to unpack this further, but that's my starting thought. Barbecue grills that connect to the internet. Yes. Do those exist? Probably. <laughs> now I don't even have to think about how to Smokers season or that. do anything Smokers to my Smokers do that. I can just throw it in, shut the door, and the internet does it all. That's your smoker. Yeah, you're sitting true. inside watching the game and you're checking what's going on on your smoker on your phone. You're not. There's no standing over it. And it just gives me a Why notification. Why would you do that? Yes. Send me a text. Uh-huh. Like reservations at a restaurant, just send me a text when I'm ready to eat. Yep. Same let me, thing. Let me Only know when, now when that amazing smoked meat is finished. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, it's been a while since I've been to Driver's Ed. I admit, it's been one or two years. And everybody wants to get past Driver's Ed, right? Everybody is got Driver's Ed in your rearview mirror. You know what you're doing. And Driver's Ed leaves out something I'm going to call street craft. Racecraft, that's on track. And racecraft very much is learned and taught by expert mm, pro mm, drivers. Mm. When you go racing and you are training, we, Todd and I have done this with SCCA, when you are building up your skills and you are understanding where to position cars from the safety car mm -hmm. all the way up to how to pass, what are the risks and chances you want to take based on your car's abilities, your tires, your skills, your knowledge, all that adds up to racecraft, and this is why we're so fascinated with drivers like Max Verstappen. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like racecraft that is taught for the street, and I mean nothing. Interesting point. I'll be behind people, mm -hmm. and we're coming up a two-lane road, and it's uphill, and it splits into two, to two lanes going the same direction, so now the road is wider, and people are they lose their minds. They drive down the center stripes for a while before realizing the white center stripes are going right between their wheels. I should 
uh, huh, which lane should I be in? If this is the first time you've ever driven this road, you get a pass. If you live in this area, you're yeah. dumb. I know exactly where you're talking about too. <laughs> I know 100% where what you're talking What are you doing? Yeah. You knew it was coming. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You've been Pick on this road before. You've driven this direction before. Yeah. This ain't your first time. Mm-hmm. Why are you driving like it is? Mm. Interesting. It's also manifested with the people writing the code for any level of autonomy mm. who want to make the car centered in the lane. Sure, sure. At all times, the car must be centered in the lane. And there's actually lane departure devices that we desperately hunt for and we dive for the button to shut the stupid thing off Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. as soon as you get away from the pre-programmed determination of this is where the car should be in the lane at all times, middle of the lane, not necessarily. Actually, no. Yeah. No is the answer. It shouldn't be in the center of the lane all the time. Mm -hmm. When you're coming up through a corner, when you're going through a corner, you should take that inside part. You shouldn't, your tire shouldn't be over the yellow. Yeah. But you should actually be using the inside part of the lane because that's where the grip is. That's where it's faster. I have seen so many people who aren't paying attention and they're on the outside of the turn. Say they're turning left. Their wheels are, their right wheels are all the way off. They're kicking up dirt. And like, your eyes weren't up the track. Your your eyes were not up the road. I know exactly where you weren't looking. And I'm 50 yards behind you. Mm -hmm. And I can tell exactly where Mm -hmm. your eyes weren't because you weren't ready for that curve. I can tell where people's eyes are when they're trying to pass tractor trailers or they're coming up behind a dump mm-hmm. truck and suddenly they have to brake hard. I will count it out. Three, two, one, brake hard. And they do. I'm like, you're so predictable. Why weren't you looking up the road? There's a dump truck. You're, you're coming up fast behind a dump sure, truck. Sure, sure. Why aren't you, where are your eyes? They're 10 feet ahead of your car. That is all street craft. I don't know what else to call it. That's good. That's good. When it comes to EVs, as you said, people are, wow, this is totally different. Mm-hmm. This is a totally different way of driving. The acceleration's phenomenal. One of the street craft things that I've noticed is using momentum for your car. Also, people don't look at the speed limit sign and they make a lot of assumptions about this section of road must be the same. You didn't look at the street sign. It just passed you and you didn't see it. <laughs> we see it. We ignored it, but we see it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so with a gas powered car, especially the heavier they get, mm-hmm. especially a truck, you want to come around a corner and you want to actually dip into the throttle while you're still on a straight. So you get momentum up the hill. Sure. Use that momentum to your favor. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. And then when they get in an EV, Mm -hmm. they find out you never had to anyway, because you can just, Mm -hmm. instead of downshift, downshift, and then we're taken up off the hill, now I can just punch it. Yeah. And you're left back there going, I wish you would have planned your corner better and Mm -hmm. now move with purpose up the hill and momentum. You you didn't have to back all the traffic up behind you and... Mm you know, kind of pay attention, think ahead. It's like a game of pool. You're thinking two or three shots in advance. You're not thinking about the shot you're taking. All you're wanting to do is position the ball for the next shot. Let's apply that thinking to our driving. But with EVs, all of that goes out the window and it magnifies bad habits because you have so much power. Yes. That's intoxicating. Absolutely it is. All the bad habits you've cultivated over the years since driver's ed have now been magnified because you can just get away with it. Except for one thing. Okay. That's braking, Alex. Mm. Speed is awesome. Speed is amazing. And most of these EVs don't have anywhere near the braking power to scrub speed off like people are used to. Well, they certainly don't have brakes that match the amount of acceleration they can accomplish. No, very few EVs do because of the way people drive. They just ease into the brakes. Whereas on a racetrack, your instructor will say, when I tell you brake, Mm -hmm. that means all of it. Yes. 
all of the available braking power that this vehicle can muster, that's what I mean to use all of it when I tell you to mm -hmm. brake. It's the not, opposite of street brake. Not just ease yeah. into the brakes yeah. and test out where's the power. Mm -hmm. No, flat to the floor, all of it. Make sure your tire's in a straight line when you do so. <laughs> Don't get into ABS. <laughs> Unless but you're trail lots of braking. Yeah. Now we're into racecraft. Whole separate thing. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no street craft, and mm -hmm. there's that hasn't been taught or acknowledged. And most people get into an EV and they think, "Look what I can do," and now I can correct my bad habits with the power available. Yeah. That's fun. That's interesting, and sure. I can leave yeah. everybody behind. You're not really flowing with traffic. You're not helping us all out. We're all together in this here. We're all together. It's not just islands. It feels like it, but it isn't. And so when it comes to that speed, that kind of severe acceleration feel is something that you're in control of is amazing to people. It's, it's been incredible. that way since the muscle car era of the 60s. Yep. That kind of, shoot, the 30s. Yep. That kind of amazing speed. You went, I'm in control of that. I get to do that. And I get to, to determine mm -hmm. how much of that mm -hmm. speed I dole out. That's an intoxicating feeling. Yeah. 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 But there's a better feeling, Alex, and maybe your friend who's hopefully listening at this point, there's a, a better feeling. And that's the one that takes more talent, more skill and more concentration. And that's what you do with that speed to manage the car through a corner. Mm -hmm. Cause I see this speed all mm -hmm. the time. I see it with trucks. Trucks can get away with everything because they just have so much power. Yeah, yeah. Big diesel trucks can just, well, they all do. All of the trucks. Yeah. They just, yeah. they all have all the power. Corner number one arrives and I'm right in the rear view mirror. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you please let me by? Because I'm going to pass you. I'm going to leave you on these next series of corners. I'm just going to leave you. That's because of the car's architecture. Sure. Not because I don't like you, but yeah. <laughs> because yeah. of the truck, because of yeah. the, the, the sports car. So this, this feeling, yes, I just want the speed and it's a, it's an amazing feeling that most people haven't experienced. And once they do, oh, I can't get enough of that. Sure. Too much of a good thing. Yes. That's what EVs are. That's also the other thing that humans really <laughs> like is more of whatever more I currently have. I just that. like more of that. Yeah, for sure. And you're in control of that feeling. But then when it comes to corners, oh, huh, corners. Well, now we start talking about street craft yeah, and yeah. tires. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you thinking about your tires? Have you checked your tires mm, in mm, any ever. time in the last month? <laughs> ever. Ever. <laughs> the year. Since ever. they put them on. Have you ever thought about have your you tires? Probably not. About what's going yep. on? With, have you thought about the treadwear, the compound? Mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. It sounds really nerdy and technical, but on the other hand, this is directly where all that power is connected to the road and it's in charge of your life yeah, and yeah. somebody else's life too. So when people don't think about that, they're, they're coming hot. I've got all this speed. Well, that EV probably doesn't have the braking power that is the equivalent braking power to that acceleration. Well, we've talked about it before. The fact people have asked, do we think that this crazy amount of power is, is people, many people are unprepared for it. And I think many people are, but it is fun to your point. You said, Alex, you're in Iowa and it's pretty much straight roads. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand we had this uh, topic Tuesday recently where we talked about how much your location matters in the kind of cars you pick. Absolutely. So you're in Hellcat electric car country. Where, what do we, what do we care about? For, country. Seriously, what do we care about for corners? And I get that. But Alex, here's my answer for your friend. What you prefer comes down to experience. The experience matters for you. Mm -hmm. Your friend probably hasn't ever had good car experience prior. I mean, I'm making a big assumption, I admit, painting with a broad brush. Maybe they have. But the experience of the car doesn't matter to them like it does to you. And I will give you some other comparatives. Do you know anyone who grills 
when they could microwave. Because you know, the microwave's faster and easier and cleaner. Mm. I don't end up smoky. It's going to be done sooner. Same thing we're comparing on uh, internal combustion engine cars and an electric. Briquettes versus EVs. Which (laughs) one's going to get me there faster? Which Uh one's going to accomplish what I want to do, go from here to there, go from no food to food? Which one's going to get me there faster and easier? Microwave. Yeah. How many people do you know who would rather grill? There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, true. Or they want to do a smoker. I want to set my smoker. Granted, I'm looking at the at my phone on the while I'm watching the, smoker the game. That, that but the smoker's going to gonna take eight hours. Are you kidding me? Why didn't you call like the barbecue joint and have them deliver in 20 minutes? <laughs> exactly. But I want I want to use it on all day long. I want to use my smoker. Do you know anybody that listens to vinyl when they could just pull it up on their phone? Many, That's experience based. Many people. Do you know anyone? Paul and I are in this camp who goes on a hike or gets on a bike. When they could drive there. Why would you go on a bike? What are you doing? At, Wait, we're just here. I, Why did you go I, on a loop? I, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know anybody that does that? I'll give you another one. Take an average person. This is a little bit weird, but I bet you you know people like this. Take an average person that you know that generally they just travel in normal ways. They're not a pilot, but they've ridden in a small plane. Mm. They've just had an experience mm. flying in a small plane. Ask them about flying in a small plane. Because I bet you, I'm not talking about them flying. I'm talking about, oh, that one time when we were in a helicopter in Hawaii or we took a small plane flight from here to there. Ask them about it because I bet you it is seared into their brain. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That experience was so full. How many times have they flown commercial? Can they remember anything that happened on any of those flights? And I guarantee you the commercial flight was better, more comfortable, faster, much nicer, significantly simpler. The drinks were probably better. And the only thing they can probably mention about every commercial flight they've taken is that terrible passenger they sat next to or that one time we were really delayed. I'm talking about the flight experience. You mm. know what it is for most people? Nothing. Yeah. This is good. EVs to a fun, lightweight, enjoyable internal combustion engine car. Now, I am not saying that we might not have EVs. I was reading something today about people theorizing about the next Miata EV. Mm-hmm. Bring on the fun, small EV. Absolutely. I am all about it. Absolutely. But so far... We're almost talking about EVs are like the Airbus of driving. Okay. Because an Airbus is exactly what you... Airbus is a brand or go Boeing, but it is the commercial flight equivalent to driving. And in small, my Lotus Elise is, I'd like to go there in a Cessna. You will be faster. You will be more comfortable. You will have a nicer day, but I will land with stories. Do you suppose it's a control issue? Because I'm I'm trying to get that flat out speed, just nail it at a stoplight or just... On a backcountry road, you're just I think you nail the ease. throttle. I think it's ease more than anything. Well, you you don't have to pay attention as much. I mean, the horizon's starting to come at you pretty quick, and if you keep your foot in it, well, mm-hmm. now you really got to pay attention. But those initial few seconds, you're just sort of like, okay, that's really fast, and here the car goes, and I'm I can look around, I can check the rear view, and I can just hang on. The car's gathering speed, and okay, well, there's actually way more control and more finely tuned kinds of control required mm-hmm. when you do that with a corner or any kind of point. Sure. Because all sure. those corners are different. A straight flat road, well, they're all the same. Well, now let's talk about drag racing. Does that mean we mm. don't like drag racing? Not at all. There's so <laughs> much minutia to make that car hook up and how it handles down the track is actually a very big deal. <laughs> Okay. At that level, well, now we're bringing into so many factors. We're bringing in the track temperature, the tire temperature, ambient outside air temperature, Mm -hmm. and what your car is set up to do. And will it break when I put all that power through it? And, you know, is it a rolling start? I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. uh, 
there's a lot of finely tuned things involved with that. On a street, you just mash the gas. You don't have to yeah. think. Well, and this is when people actually are drag racing their EV. They're not trying to do any of the prep the guy next to him did, and they'll probably still win when you're actually like yes. when they have like drag nights yes. and the guy pulls up in his Model X and he blows away the guy that like spent all afternoon prepping his car. <laughs> I think the ease exactly. of use is intoxicating. For the same reason yeah. we like our smartphones. I mean, the ease of use is that is just catnip for humans. There's so much more to be discovered, I I feel like personally. Mm-hmm which means corners because now you're modulating your speed in a straight line and you're, you got to look through a corner and you got to figure out, okay, what's this corner doing? If I haven't been through this corner yet, now I got to, you know, approach it with the right speed and, and where's my apex. And now you're thinking about so many more things Mm. that control freaks. I would think they would like cornering better. I've met people who don't like flying because they're not at the yoke. They could the controls. They, the, the cockpit would terrify that's, that's them. That's the only but reason. That's the reason they don't like you it. You mean you're not going to fly because you can't drive? Yeah. <laughs> you can't fly the plane. You're not in charge, and you don't get to. You're not allowed. Well, there's a, actually a lot of training involved, and you yeah. need hours, and you need to build your, your experience. Yeah. And there's there's more to it than that than just sitting down and being the one chosen to drive the plane. Yeah. And that's the reason you're not flying because you're a control freak and you have control issues. <laughs> Really? (laughs) That's funny. I like it. I really feel like there's an experiential thing that you like, Alex, that the average EV driver doesn't care for. And I do think it's ease of use. I I mean, I feel like ultimately, even though autonomy isn't there yet, what is... Like, like that's what the microwave that connects to the internet? No, seriously. (laughs) Well, and and they do too. That's easy. I know. Uh, But but, but here's the thing. What is, if I had to boil it down, what is the ultimate end goal of an autonomous EV. And that is, I have to do nothing. That's true. Nothing. In fact, I don't even have to open my door. <laughs> I walk out of my house. Stop walking. And I stop walking. <laughs> and, and I look at my phone, and in 30 minutes or an hour, I start walking again, and I've arrived at my place. And I've walked maybe 100 yards total. This is, this is if I had to boil down EV autonomous back to cars, cavemen. <laughs> it is how do I make it easier? And everybody that is, is I mean, f- the myriad of videos of people testing their autonomous system, it is some variant of look at how little I have to do. <laughs> the invention of fire and the ability to stop walking. Seriously, I don't want to <laughs> do these are the book anything. <laughs> And I think that that is something that is so intriguing. We have watched technology make it all just easier. Yeah, we do like easier. And then when you have to actually put effort into exercise, those things connect to the internet. We'll we'll help you. We'll we'll give you a motivator. How about you just go outside and do your thing? But I mean, the common thread in a lot of the stuff I'm talking about here, Alex, is all of us, and and, and everybody listening has, everybody listening, I'm certain you have your thing you do, but you could do the easier version of that, but you just like the hard version. Soon, food will show up in autonomous cars. Uh, Uber Eats is now the little pod shows up. The pizza made by the robot arm. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) It gets fed into into the the go-kart that drives itself, (laughs) that arrives at your house, that rings the doorbell, that slides it underneath the the door. Done. I still have to lift the slice to my mouth. How can we solve this? Isn't that terrible? What a bummer. Well, but you know, Elon Musk is supposedly making the Optimus robot that could probably just feed it to you. So it's all going to happen. Yeah. Are they leasing those or what's the payment structure? (laughs) Robot lease. (laughs) Ah, ah, Pizza ah. feeding robot. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. 
Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's car wash season. Always wash your car in a cool, shady spot and use Griot's Garage Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer with Snow Foam. Griot's has also just introduced the cordless foaming sprayer as well. You can create a high foam blizzard with little to no work and avoid wash-induced scratches. These are the safest ways to wash your ride. If you need to get the bugs off the front of your car, try the bug and smudge remover right before you wash. There's also tar and sap remover if you parked under a tree. Griot's offers wash and detail kits which make it easy to get the right products all together. Whether you need a starter car care kit, or you're breaking out the foam cannon, or you're detailing your interior, Griot's has the right kit for you. Griot's garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquids are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Speaking of straight line stuff, Bill's writing in. He's now in Kansas City, Missouri. He moved there a little while ago from Washington, D.C. And he's realizing in D.C. he could find corners. In Kansas, there are very, very few. Did you see Bill's commute? I had to read this a million Mm -hmm. times. 12-mile commute in Washington, D.C. that took him an hour and a half. 90 minutes. 12 miles. 12 miles. 1.5 hours. 12 miles. Back to where I was earlier. Hour and a half. You could almost walk it. You could certainly bike it as fast as you got there by car. You could probably, I bet you, I bet you money, you could bike it faster. Yeah, you could. Anyway, side note. And you could do it on an e-bike too. You, you could. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Are you pedaling? When it, no, when it rains, just... it's terrible. But otherwise, <laughs> exactly. I am fast. Yeah. Well, Bill is this motorhead. He's discovered the straights, but he also wants to buy a car based upon the sound because mm. he's realized he could have a six-speed as his daily. He's had several in D.C., And then, based upon our reviews and recommendation, he bought a 2012 Audi S5 with the V8 and the six-speed. Ooh, that's a cool car. That is. Flew to Denver, drove it 600 miles home. It's one of his favorites after more than 40 years of driving. I love that. That's fantastic to hear. He's had it more than four years, which apparently is a lifetime in his collection. So nothing sticks around that long. And he's had some good stuff. He had a 1970 GTO Judge, a a Volkswagen Scirocco. Mini GTIs. Uh, the Scirocco doesn't have as much power as the Judge. Nissan Maxima 5-speed. I'm guessing that was the four-door sports car. That was probably the, the right era of I the Maxima. I still wanted my parents to buy a the, four-door sports car. <laughs> the Porsche 914. Okay. Uh, a Camaro Z28 6-speed. First-gen CTS-V. He had a Miata, an S2000, a Honda Insight for carpool lanes in DC traffic. Insight Judge. He's forgotten a lot of cars. Those were the highlights he sent. But in general, he loves manual transmission if he can get it. But he's had all kinds of stuff. Well, Bill travels a lot. He says that when he arrives, he never knows what the weather's going to be. He lands in Kansas City. It could be fine. It could be blizzard. He may have uh, he may have things to worry about. So he, that that what you're hinting at is uh, you're kind of wanting all wheel drive, and then you put in parentheses, you know, we're just going to say gets no tires, and that's exactly what we're going to say. Gets no tires. So I'm, I'm glad you know. That's good. But he's thought about another S2000. He hates the prices. He's thought about all the models from Porsche. He is really hankering for a C6 Z06 after watching our special on the C5 through C7 Z06s. Like that. That's that was good. A, that was a fun piece. It's a very fun shoot. Yeah. 
did everybody like the thumbnail? It was really thought through. Yes. Red, white, and blue uh-huh. on the thumbnail. Yeah, you know, Left every now right. and then we get it right. Yeah. After living his life on the East Coast with twisties, he's realizing the Midwest is more straights, less turns. Yes. But good news, he's addicted to engine sounds, which makes a Z06 or even a Mustang GT350, the Voodoo, quite appealing. Yeah, those both sound great. He needs a fix, and his fix will cost (laughs) (laughs) $40,000. I have decided what my addiction is worth, and 40 k is it. I put a price tag on my addiction. Uh uh-huh. Assuming it's a reliable daily driver, otherwise less is a second car. Bill, thank you for writing. Really appreciate it. I was initially thinking like an RS3 because you're Audi guy. You've got the Mm, 2012 Audi mm. S5. We drove the Audi RS3. They are not $40,000. They're not. Your addiction cost will have to go up. The price of your addiction has to go up. Yes, addiction pricing just doubled. (laughs) Let's see. The cars that sound the best are American V8s, all the Maseratis, the Mm. Alpha 4C, the Fiat 500 Abarth, Porsche Flat 6s, Mercedes AMG V8s. Mm. You see where I'm going. Yeah. I also thought, Bill, of a BMW M2. Those sound pretty good. Those are mm. the first ones. They're like 40. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they're fast in a straight line. They still got the German kind of thing, and they've got a lot of power. And when you do take it on a road trip, because you're going to ache for the twisties, and you're going to be like, yes. why? Come join us for one of our meetups. Yeah, for sure. We'll why find you I some great roads. Find your road. He's going to need a good car to do it in. He also mentions that whatever daily he gets is 40, but if we... Get him a second car, he will spend less. Or you just spend 70 grand and get an honest three. Just come on. (laughs) Problem solved. We're here to solve. Well done. Price of your addiction went up. We already identified that. I love the C6Z06 for you. It's really fast. We love it. You'd love it. It's awesome. I said in the review, everybody needs a 500 horsepower car in their life, and that is one of the cars to do it. <laughs> you did say that. That was well coined on that, on that one, yeah. <laughs> but if we're talking muscle, you cannot ignore the last of the last of the last, Camaro SS1LE. Mm, okay. Talk about sound. You turn on those pipes and, <whistles> buddy. <laughs> Welcome to your neighbors hating you. I mean, all your neighbors will just hate you. Hey, Bill moved to the neighborhood. We hate him. <laughs> oh, that guy. That guy. Oh, with the guy the with the loud car. Yes, because like cold him. start. Oh, I just don't like that guy. I hope you commute like leave at 6 a.m. and fire that sucker up. <laughs> just really like, yeah. <laughs> Bill, this is, this is interesting. Look, I, I want to start off by saying that the Panamera was a, a choice I didn't expect for you. But it could be pretty cool. Now, the $40,000 Panamera, which one did you get? Do you like that engine? How reliable Just it is? How old is it? That thing in the lift, cut that cat out of there, the, cut the muffler out of there, straight pipe that bad boy. The $40,000 could get you a pretty nice older 911 C4S. So if, uh, so an all-wheel drive. You were thinking about maybe all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. This is going to be probably a 997 911, which is before they got bigger. It's flat six. It's going to sound good. That might just be a Carrera. C4S maybe? is what oh, I'm C4S. thinking. Oh, C4S. Yeah, I think or it's even possible. A C4. Or even what a C4. What if you just did a C4? Yes. I think that, that has a unique engine note. Now, it doesn't have a V8 engine note, but, but you, wind out, you wind out a Porsche naturally aspirated flat, flat six because starting at the 991, everybody went turbo. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you wind that out. It's going to sound great. If you put proper maintenance into it, it should be very reliable. It could be all-wheel drive. I think the 911 is is better choice for you than the Panamera, but I do like it. I cannot in any way, shape, or form steer you away from the Mustang 350. That sounds phenomenal. It does, but they're not 40 grand. That is the problem. But you can have that yes. because I suggested an RS3, so well, but that's but that's, but that's my note. The problem there is, great choice, not 40 grand. No. Now, the C6 Z06, wonderful engine. 
fantastic engine, like like a last of the breed engine. It's a seven liter engine, okay? <laughs> That's a last of the breed engine. Yeah, it yeah. is much more engine that is, uh, candidly, much more engine than is necessary anywhere. Which but is it's so much point. fun. Watch me drive that car wildly fast. You said you've seen it in that C5, C6, C7 piece. That is a great engine. It is doable for your budget. I do like that. A couple others I thought of for you. I have to say it. You're talking about you like usability, but you kind of like six speeds. You kind of like you know something that's... I mean, that Panamera was very interesting to think about. Chevy SS. <clears throat> hello. <laughs> Big old Chevy V8. <laughs> In a nice, you know, <laughs> unassuming package. If Chevy built that SS in all-wheel drive, they would have sold a Maybe. zillion of them. The problem, the problem is that it looked like a Malibu. That was the problem. If yes, it didn't look like a the Malibu, problem. they might have sold more because many people were just like, "Oh, it's a more expensive Malibu." It just looks like it. I wonder how the design brief went on that when they descent, when they settled on a lock design. Hard freeze is mm -hmm. what it's called. Yeah, hard freeze for the design. That's going to tooling. Did anybody like? Excuse me, from the back of the room. Does, excuse me. Don't you think that? Excuse me. Excuse me. Don't you think that looks like a Malibu? Well, and here's the thing: heads all swivel, <laughs> record scratch. Vice president Johnson, of designs. you're fired. You are so exactly. fired, Johnson. Who is that guy? <laughs> who let him in? I don't even work here. <laughs> I realize I'm the janitor, but that looks an awful lot like my Malibu. Doesn't that look like the Malibu that I drive? I, but here's the thing. In Australia, they got more aggressive looking versions. The Holden version had more aggressive looking yes. versions. And they decided yes. on the, eh, that's okay, styling. But here's the thing. I, I don't know that you can get a $40,000 six-speed one with the Magna Ride if you could buy that car right now. Even the auto of that car is really good. I think if you went just a little bit above your budget, you get a really, really nice SS in the six-speed with the Magna Ride. I do like that. And then, look, you're talking straight line. You'd like some good sound. Mm-hmm. This is how you're thinking now, which means you need straight line giggle factor. And I'm sorry, but the obvious choice here, my friend Bill, is anything Hellcat. 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 <laughs> Hellcat. Hellcat. Life. Hellcat. Hellcat. I mean, I'm, I'm actually on. But they're not 40 grand. None of them are 40 I'm grand. I'm on, on yet. Auto Tempest right yet. now, and I am finding some that are they're below 50. Okay. <laughs> that qualifies. I, 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 they're below 50. Okay, okay? that's good. That's so, good for everybody who's been waiting for a Hellcat. Good news, everyone. Hellcats yep. are now affordable. So you can get yeah. your engine. I mean, I, there's there's 392s in that range too, but I am actually, believe it or not, I'm finding a few Hellcats. I'm specifically looking at Challengers right now, which means Chargers are out there too. The answer for straight line, I want fun engine is just the the supercharger noise is ridiculous as is the exhaust as is the power it's all three of the above hellcat the, the cheapest charger hellcat you can find there you go four doors mm. you can play with the track or yes, the, uh, the suspension settings and tell yourself that it's faster through the corners and and make yourself sick Ooh. Get yourself some really nice oh, performance good. rubber for the summertime that you that you don't mind just melting, and get yourself some winter tires. <laughs> last so summer. you can have fantastic spins in parking lots in a Kansas City winter. When because my, my my grandparents from the Kansas City area, I know you have cold, 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 cold. Winter tires are helpful, and then occasionally you get dumped on for snow. When you get dumped on for snow, you just go hunting for parking lots. I have a Hellcat. It's just going to be the sound of supercharger noise and snow being thrown around. S superchargers and snow. Yep. Bill, I had one wild card. It was the Nissan Z because I was thinking, you know, straight line speed, that thing's pretty quick. But the Hellcat, I think you need to Hellcat your life. Go find yourself the cheapest charger. And this does qualify. That 392 SRT, 
It's not a Hellcat, but it still has like well over 400 horsepower and it, it isn't slow. You'll be fine. It has cup mm-hmm. holders in the engine bay so you can set your beer down and just there admire is, your engine. There is no more American idea Ooh, than opening. We talked about that? it since the first charge we ever drove. There is no more American idea than pop the hood and here's where my beer goes. Set, set your beverage of your choice right down there. right there it in the cup holder right and there. admire your engine. Shoot, there's even two cup holders. Like I know you can have your buddy well, over. Because, and, well, you can, have, but you can put you can put the 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 screws you took off the car in one of the cup holders. That's true. And then you put your beer in the other. What screws would be coming off the car? I don't know. I don't like, know. You're doing something. You you're, took off the engine tinkering. cover so you can just look at that. You just engine. gotta gaze. You just gotta take off the plastic <laughs> engine cover and stare at the, at the engine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great questions as always, guys. Thank you guys for always chiming in on questions as we ask for them, which typically is on Mondays for our Tuesday podcast and on Thursdays for our Friday podcast. As Paul mentioned at the top of the podcast, if you haven't given us a rating or review yet, this is how other people find the show. I know it feels like, why do you need them? We've already got them. But... It keeps us in the top 10, generally in the top five of automotive podcasts. And we've had a lot of people write us. It's almost every single week. Somebody's like, I found your podcast. I was just looking for car podcasts. And they find them because of ratings and reviews. Thank you guys for doing that. We really appreciate it. If you're watching the YouTube stuff, I'm going to ask two questions. I would love for you to tell me that you're watching within the first 48 hours because that matters. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know that you left a comment. Because that help happens too. Ideally. YouTube really only cares about those two things. Did people watch it right away? And did they say anything about it? So that stuff helps too. By the way, have you told people your idea, YouTube, you know, you got to watch 75% of I, the... Have you mentioned this before? I don't think I have. Look, okay. I think this is actually a really good idea. If I could change one thing on YouTube, and here's the thing. Anybody with posting on YouTube, they have a list. We all have lists <laughs> yes. of things I would change yes. on YouTube. Look, Google owns it. It's it, you, can, you can talk. There's a lot of good things about it. Okay, there's a lot of bad things about it. Every person posting to YouTube has good and bad things, things they would change. But honestly, if I could change one thing, and it's never going to happen, and I'll explain why. But if I could change one thing, it would be that the comment box, you can't use it. It's grayed out until you've watched at least 75% of the piece in front of you. I like this idea a lot. Because, now now, now here's the reason it'll <laughs> never happen. Many questions could be answered. Like that comment yes. was answered like... Three quarters yes. of the way in, you if you had just watched, you would know. This is this is the reality of being a storyteller. This is the reality of being a <laughs> filmmaker. I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal all the stuff I can think of over the course of the piece. And I may get something wrong or I may leave something out, and that happens and I get it, and you want to comment and I appreciate all your knowledge. However, the number of comments we get everybody gets mm-hmm. that are answered by the piece, but you only watched five minutes, and then you just got on your keyboard and said, Well, you didn't talk about this. I, I did, but 
Not in the part. There was a whole section on it. Apparently. Happens very commonly. The reason YouTube never does this is because YouTube is gauging interest based on people's engagement. And so they love nothing more than the people that are commenting. This happens too. They're commenting every two minutes on the piece. Oh, I had a thought right here. Oh, I had another thought right here. Oh, I had another thought right here. I'm not even sure how much is being absorbed because you're making all your own comments. But I, that would be my thing. Never going to happen. But, but it's the same kind of, sorry, I'm off on a rant now. It's the same kind of thing as when somebody says to me, oh, I, I hated that story. I didn't finish the book. Well, you don't know how this story You didn't ended. read the end? I, I, don't, I don't mean to point out the obvious here. Oh, that movie was terrible. Well, it may have been terrible, but you can't tell me actually all of it unless you watched it all. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, side Sometimes note. Sometimes the Maybe end makes the whole movie worth it. Sometimes. Spoiler which is alert. the point, right? Spoiler alert. Sixth Sense. Okay. I'm not going to tell go. you what the ending is, but if you don't know by now, I'm sorry. It's not too much of a spoiler. But but there is a movie that is entirely based it's on the ending. about the end, and yeah. that makes the whole movie great. It sucked. Everything sucked up to then. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. And but, then the end was like, oh. But but here's the thing. I've talked to all kinds of people who are like, well, I hated that movie. Did you watch it? No, I turned it off 15 minutes in. Okay, you may not have liked it 15 minutes, but we can't actually have an intelligent conversation about what you didn't like about it because you didn't see it. <laughs> okay, we got to answer questions. Got to move on. Sorry. On Instagram, Mystic Negro says, is it time for car enthusiasts Ooh. to stop reflexively hating five-seat crossovers? At this point, there are some truly great driving ones out there. Hmm. You're right, hmm. but unfortunately, they're lumped in with the category. It's hard to break yeah. them out of the category and say, this one is great hmm. and it's in a separate category by itself because no, it's not. There's too many five-seat crossovers that just want to be good enough, and it's clear that they yeah, are, yeah. and they're all fine. Mm-hmm. But when you get into truly remarkable, that's when the price goes up. They all have an AMG badge on them, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink when I... Not all of them, but but you bring up a great point. No, in general, this is lowest common denominator car making. Ooh. It is. Ooh. This is the market this, that... like big that brother. Can, this is the market that they <laughs> the, can sell the, the bad ones TV right show. alongside good ones. And so what used to be the mid-grade sedan where you could get really great sedans... The new M3 is awesome. Yes. You could get really marginal sedans, but it was still a sedan. Now, this is that whole market, look at what Ford's done. That whole market doesn't exist because we're making crossovers. So, so the reality is that is the most saturated market of options, which means the majority aren't good. This yes. means as a result, we're pointing out the ones that are the exception because the rule is, to your point, fine. And when you get in fine, it's just sort of like, okay, what style do you like? Because it's they've all got... Android mm-hmm. Auto, they've all got Apple CarPlay, they've all yeah. got cooled seats, they all have leather, they all have a Turbo 4, they all have plenty <laughs> of space. The hatch opens when I wave my foot under the bumper. This they one's, all do the same this thing. This one's silver. It has five seats. Yeah. It has Android Auto and Apple what CarPlay. What style? It has roughly 250 horsepower. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which one appeals to your eye the most? Which one catches your eye? That one. Well, okay, we'll go with that one. doesn't matter how it drives. Doesn't this matter. one has heated seats. But to get I could get one without heated seats. <laughs> you could. You could pay less, I could but get who one cares? More with cooled seats. No, everybody wants all the stuff. This one has USB plugs in the second row. Yes. Okay, so what's the differentiator? <laughs> it doesn't come down to USB plugs. I mean, that's it, nice it to doesn't. have. It doesn't. But it really yeah. doesn't. Uh-huh. So the remarkable ones, you have to make something that doesn't want to dance and make it dance. Yeah. You have to make yeah. something that doesn't want to move it just wants to stop and eat and hang out and cost you money. And it doesn't do the remarkable thing. Wow, this is great to drive. Or you know what? This tows 7,000 pounds. Most of them mm. tow five. Mm. Huh, that's a standout for me. 
or the the third row is actually it swallows adults. I can fit people back there. Oh, well, the trade-off is, you know, not great handling or not. Well, then one that does is sort of like amazing Mercedes mm. GLS 63. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Know what I mean? But yeah, you're yeah. paying $150,000. So yes, they have to cost more to get remarkable to break them out of this huge category. But unfortunately, they're not going away. Sedans always seemed like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But SUVs, the five-seat ones, are too useful to ever disappear. Sure. They sure. will never disappear. Mm -hmm. Sedans will come and go, but SUVs, are they're here to stay. Mm. So to break out, we got to throw money at them. And, uh, brakes, power, handling. Uh. <laughs> On Instagram, great uh, title here. So much pizza in Sugar House. You're local. <laughs> oh, my you gosh. You said uh, you have an F80 M3 bone stock motor, but a very track-oriented suspension. You built it. And, bought, and you bought it and built it out specifically for track days, but you really only drive it to and from your house to our local track, Utah Motorsports Campus, for track days. It's fun and fast on track, but despite all the suspension work, you find it very vague on track, and it really only sees track duty, and it is, let's be honest, a 3,700-pound sedan. It's almost a two-ton sedan. What should you be looking for for the best track experience? Not fast as laps but can it be occasionally daily driven to and from the track. The F80 has actually been extremely reliable for you with the only expense being the consumables, which by the way, I happen to know is blinding on a car that heavy. <laughs> the F80 M3 consumables. Right. Oh look, I need brakes and tires again. So much pizza and sugar house. That's so great. <laughs> awesome. uh, stop eating pizza just for a second. Uh, the, the obvious answer here, of course, is Miata. Is the pizza but, robot? But if you're exactly, but if you're going literally, if you're if you're buying a car to take to the track, that is its purpose in your life, which is what this M3 has done, and you're going to maybe drive it occasionally. I want you to go light and simple. Miata is a candidate. The 86 first or second gen is a candidate. Get an MR2 Spider. Get an early Boxster. Mm -hmm. Get a Z3 or Z4 BMW. If you want to spend more money, get in the lease. But I want you to target. 3,000 pounds and less. And simple. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, your whole purpose is to have it on track and enjoy it. You said you're not even worried about fast lap times. The simpler you make it, the lighter you make it, the more it's going to transfer information to you as the driver on track. I think you need to go that way. If you say, I don't want a small car, then what I'm going to say to you is get a C6 Corvette. Mm. and play with that. Mm. But I really think the answer is below 3,000 pounds, light and simple. It's always good. That's always the recipe for success, right? If, if, if what you're wanting to do is experience the car, especially yeah. on track. True. Anybody, because other, otherwise you end up with the Miata versus Corvette problem on every track day on the planet. <laughs> okay, the guy shows up in his Corvette. Yeah. Look, this is, this is a stereotype, and I have met plenty of extremely good, very fast Corvette drivers. Yes, yes. But the typical Corvette driver is, I'm on track day one or two, and oh look, here's the straight. Put my foot to the floor, watch all the Miatas vanish in my rearview mirror. And wonder why second corner in, why is the Miata back? The pack is like, hello. Because they're driving really, really well. Yeah. And so the Corvette yeah. driver has to swallow their pride and be like, I got to let all the Miatas by. Just you wait till the C8s are full electric only, and then it'll gain you like two seconds on the Miata pack. You know it. At yeah, least, right? For sure. Speaking of track, our friend Andrew Horner, he is Color Cartel on Instagram. He's an incredibly talented graffiti artist located in Austin, Texas. 
He is asking if we have helmets that we love for the track. He says the Stilo ST5 seems to be the go-to helmet, but there are 1000 to $2,000 before you start adding the options. What other options should be considered? You know, Andrew, we don't really do enough track driving to invest in very expensive helmets. We're still using our ProTech helmets from our Lemons days, yeah, which are sure. fine. Actually, now that I come to think about it, we should probably upgrade those. But the quote is always, you know, how much is your head worth, right? Well, but I've worn the Bell uh, open-faced helmets, and those are like 250 300 bucks. Uh, th- you can buy plenty of stuff like that. Here's the problem. The cheap ones are typically pretty ugly. The ones that look yeah, yeah. really cool yeah. always, almost always have a comma in them. Yeah, yeah, they look cool, but you know, you're you're paying for for lightweight, really. Yeah, you're paying for, sure. for tech and for lightweight, sure, yeah. but of course, always regard the Snell rating and always keep your helmet up to date. It's always on our minds whenever we're track driving as well. But yeah, we like the Stilos. I, I would invest if we did a whole lot more track driving for mm. sure. And at that point. It's not that money's no object, but I'd be willing to pay a lot more for something that gets regular use like that, and we're always on track for sure. Zachary David on Facebook said his next car is almost certainly going to be either Cadillac CT4 V Blackwing or the BMW M3. Manual transmission is a requirement. He said his opinion is the BMW is a nicer car with a better engine, whereas the Caddy has a nicer shifter and a better suspension. Zachary, I... hmm. You're wanting what it sounds like is a definitive, fun manual transmission sedan. And while I like the M3, I think the Caddy is more interesting. It is more the standout in that world. And and look, I will fully admit that we have not driven it. I have not heard a single person, especially among people that I trust as other reviewers, who did not love both the CT4 Blackwing and the CT5 Blackwing. Like, volumes of commentary has come out about how they are brilliant. And I also know from when we drive anything Chevy, the Camaro, the Vette, you name it, Chevrolet, when their actual chassis engineers are allowed to really do stuff well, best in the industry. They're phenomenal. So I would say if you're looking for a definitive great-to-drive sedan, I would go CT4 Blackwing over M3. It would be my choice. That's really good. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. We're always looking forward to hearing from you. Write to us if you've got debates, Topic Tuesdays, all your car conclusions, TV at gmail.com. We love uh, all the interaction we get. Yeah. We get uh, a lot. So please let us know uh, what you think of the podcast and keep talking about rating and reviewing, but it does help the podcast grow and that's what we're into. So write to us and we're looking forward to hearing from you. Looking forward to next time too. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>